What's up, everyone? And welcome back to episode 17 of the Mars Hill Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Jones. So good to have you here. This is episode 17 now. So episode 16 was with Ansa Odum of the Trinity Western University women's volleyball team. Super cool interview. We talked a little bit about her recovery from tearing her ACL in her first year to now being a starter for that number one ranked youth sports team. For today's episode, it was episode 17 with Mac Weens and Kyle Baker. We talked a little bit of NFL championship weekend review, as well as a little bit of preview for the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks. So make sure you check that out. Some good insight from the two. We also had Mac join us for today's Spartan wrap-up, which was solely focused on the TWU, TWU men's hockey team. Make sure you check that out. Uh, they lost their first two games of the season uh, against SFU. So they went. Tw- they are currently sitting at 12-2 and two right now, but make sure you check that out. For the This Week in Sports segment, last couple days here in the NBA, two really big storylines and quite sad to be to be honest. So we'll start with Chandler Parsons, uh, the Atlanta Hawks forward. Parsons was involved in a severe and allegedly life-threatening car crash last week. In the crash, Parsons tore his labrum, suffered a herniated disc, and suffered significant trauma to his brain. By the sounds of it, this injury is, this, this car crash is going to possibly ruin his NBA career. And not only that, have some major impact on the rest of his life. So this is a really sad, really sad story. And Parsons, I've heard, is like an awesome guy and stuff. So the worst part about this all is the Hawks forward was actually hit by a drunk driver on the road in Atlanta after leaving practice. So super sad story coming out of Atlanta there. The second headline is honestly even more gut-wrenching. The It's it, it's involving uh, former NBA player Delonte West. And Delonte West, he's had a really interesting career. I think there are some documentaries on his career. Um, you should definitely look into that if you are listening this to this and you are unaware of the things Delonte West had done throughout his NBA career. He struggled with a variety of things. And yeah, anyways, today video surfaced that West was being beat up on a street in Washington, D.C. The video is brutal. Like he's getting absolutely beat. West is later shown in handcuffs and it's obvious that he's having some major struggles in life right now he looks and sounds like he's not okay Uh, it looks very possible that he's homeless and a major drug addict and he did he did like west during his nba career had been involved in various altercations with teammates paired with substance and behavioral issues uh his career ended in 2012 pretty much because of this stuff so Looking Delonte West a little more, honestly, like the videos I'm not going to post in the show notes because they're honestly just sad. Um, and I I was 
quite surprised and caught off guard by this, seeing an NBA player be thrust into this level and just that that being televised. It's on TMZ, everything now. Um, so thoughts going out to Delonte West, his family, I believe he has kids. So I can't imagine this being easy for anyone involved in his life right now and it's not easy for the NBA either so anyways on a more positive note we're going to talk about some NFL with Kyle Baker and Mac Weens I hope you enjoy it and make sure you stick around give us a review uh, subscribe and keep listening we are getting a lot of listens lately so I really appreciate the support everyone and yeah, some exciting, uh, some really exciting content coming out for you guys, not only on Wednesday, but I think we might have two more episodes this week. Make sure you check it out, and we'll see you over there with Kyle and Mac. What's up, everyone? We are here, joined today by a new guest, None other than Mac Weens. Mac, how we doing? Great, man. Great being on the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're here to talk some NFL. We'll we'll go to we'll go to Mac later. But we also got the uh, Mars Hill Sports Podcast most common guest, Cal Baker, over the phone today. He's not in studio with us in our very glamorous Mars Hill office studio here. Kyle, what's up, man? Yeah, excited to be back on the show. Sorry, I couldn't uh, couldn't be in studio today, but uh, over the phone's just as good, eh? So it's true. Uh, yeah, excited to uh, excited. I think was, this is four weeks in a row that we've uh, that we've done it. So, yeah, uh, we we yeah. lost our like episode streak though, because I think you were on a streak where you won like you strung a couple episodes like consecutively. Yeah, but we've had a, a bunch of different guests, bunch of different podcasts recorded lately, so. Yeah, even well, you know, I'll plug your plug your own podcast on your podcast. Uh, the episodes have been so good lately. If I was going to lose my uh, lose my uh, straight streak of podcasts, I'd want to lose it to some of those shows you've had so far. They've been awesome. So oh. hopefully, we can give a similar show. Thank you, much appreciated. And uh, if you haven't checked it out already, make sure you check out episode sixteen with Ansa Odum. Uh, we talked a little about a little bit about her recovery from a major knee injury uh in her first year and now she's a third year just got back on the court this season she's killing it starting for that number one ranked spartans women's team as well as episode 15 with joel waterman who recently signed with the montreal impact of the mls so make sure you guys check those out so without any uh further blabbering from me we're gonna get right into the Chiefs versus Titans game. So, uh, Mac, we're gonna throw it to you first. What'd you think? Honestly, probably uh, definitely the most exciting game out of the two yeah. games yesterday. Um, I was really curious, you know, what Tennessee was gonna bring. Um, I gotta say this first though, like the whole week, just through the media, people were just bashing the Titans like mm-hmm. crazy, saying they don't deserve to be there, yada yada yada. But you know what? You gotta give that team credit. They took down the New England Patriots. They took down the Baltimore Ravens, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people had winning the Super Bowl right. this year. Um, so, you know, like, seeing them come out right of the gate, you know, I knew there would be a good football game. But, you know, after that second half, like, the Chiefs are they are just a good team. Yeah. And and they've 
you know, like you said earlier too, when we were just chatting for this was like, it's a team that knows how to come from behind and, and uh, they're just a, a well matured team, I would say too, like just from past uh, playoff experiences as well. So um, definitely not a surprise to see the Chiefs come out of it. Really excited. You know, that city would, it'd be cool if they won it. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. I want to like see if there's some sort of like stat ratio. It's like, okay, so if you are down 24 nothing to the Chiefs at this time in the game, it's still 0-0 game. <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's got to be some some weird analytic out there yeah. on that. Um I just thought, I think my initial thoughts on that game was, like, a lot of people, like, obviously, watching the Chiefs play football is so exciting. Again, I'm going to say it, Golden State Warriors of the NFL and not the current Golden State Warriors. That is a painful, painful yeah. team to watch. But <laughs> but um, I, I just think where where I see this Chiefs team is it's, like, they are so fun to watch. And it doesn't matter what the score is. Like, the game is always going to be enjoyable. But this reminded me so much of the uh, divisional matchup versus the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. where we saw that 20, of course, the 24 nothing lead turns into a 51-31 blowout in the Chiefs' favor. Yeah. So, I just, it just felt so, it felt so much like the previous week. And it's like, it was the more exciting game, but I wouldn't say there was a super exciting game uh, because I feel like a lot of people expected this kind of like they go down 10, nothing. And I'm in my head. I'm like, Oh, they're up a field goal. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, it does. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up with this chiefs. Team, yeah. so. and, and even like the, you go like this game, even the last game, you know, against Houston, like you can just tell, like, this Kansas City team has a good team culture in that dressing room. And yeah. You can tell that they have strong leadership. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but Andy Reid, head coach, the guy's, the guy's a genius, right? Like, he is a good good coach. And, like, yeah. um, I just think, like, seeing a team that goes down like that and then able to come back just shows, like, nothing can really get in their way. You know, nothing can discourage them. And, you know, that's definitely – I think if there's any, like – sports league in the in, in the world like football is about like everyone coming together it's a good cult to have a good culture yeah. that's where you're gonna find your success right? yeah yeah um kyle yeah don't worry we didn't forget about you we forgot what, about me guys no we didn't i promise but what do you think of this chiefs what do you make of this chiefs titans game yeah that yeah i, I would agree it was the uh, the better of the two football games that we saw on sunday um and, you know, I thought really the, the whole game kind of shifted uh, on the 21-17 to 17 touchdown right before half there. Um, Mahomes scrambles in, scores a 27-yard touchdown. Yeah. Broke about broke about four tackles, felt like three players. Yeah, exactly. Had a hand on him and really should have been able to bring him down. And it just felt like the touchdown and then the punt and the touchdown all happening very quickly there for, for Kansas City to go from being down 17-7. Yeah. to seven And that's just how they play. Out. It is. And, yeah. And really... From that point on, it never felt like Tennessee had the same magic. Um, you know, this this Tennessee team had a great run, but they're not built to come from behind. And we, we knew that. You know, you look at the game that they played against the against uh, Baltimore. They played a perfect game, and they never yeah. they never got themselves in a situation that got them out of what they were comfortable with. Yeah. And in this and in this game, they did. They quickly got out of what they were comfortable with. Um, I really thought at the beginning of the third quarter when they were able to, Kansas City got the ball. They were able to stop Kansas City. 
after a, it was a 10 play drive to Kansas City right out of the half, they were able to get off the field and force a punt. Yeah. And then um, I think Tennessee picks up one first down and then has to punt it away. And then it just then um, the touchdown for Kansas City right near the end of the third quarter to put them up 28 to 17. Uh, and yeah, in the end, you know, he, Derrick Henry only rushing for 69 yards in this game on yeah. 19 carries. Uh, and it was the carry number that was down. He looked really good at the beginning of the game, but just the more as they got behind, they had to they had to begin to abandon the run. Um, and you look at those first two drives; they were using the play that they scored touchdowns on. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. referring to they uh, and the field goal to start the game. They were using the the play action so well. They were really using a very balanced attack. And once that balanced attack was taken away from them, um, you really saw Kansas City start to pin the ears back and really get after the quarterback, and it just became too much for Tannehill to handle. Yeah, so quick question I want to ask both you guys. I'm going to throw it to Mac first here, but I think one thing we really saw, especially I thought more so in the Baltimore game than the New England game uh, for the Titans, was this idea of like slowing down the game so much to the point of like, geez, like other team probably just felt like they never touched the ball kind of thing. Right. So, right. Yeah. So what do you, what do you make of that? What would you say the recent like surge of this Kansas city run defense, like they, they their run defense had been pretty good in the weeks leading up to postseason here. Would you say that's a part of it? Because obviously run game slows down football a lot, but Mac, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. But, Honestly, I just think this was just a, a Kansas City strategy. Yeah. Okay, what happened in the Patriots game? What happened in the in the Ravens game? You know, what, yeah. did, what did Tennessee do against them to be successful? And by, like, stopping that rush game from Derrick Henry, yeah. you take you, – it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. Like, anybody, like, not even football could figure that out. Okay, what's your, what's your key piece here with Derrick Henry? We'll just take him out of the loop, right? And then what they did is they they forced Ryan Tanhill to be under pressure. Yeah. And then that just goes into like you know going into like playoffs. You knew the quarterback position wasn't probably the greatest. No. Um, Titans. I don't think I thought he actually played a pretty good game. He though. did. Like he. I mean, he was twenty one for uh, for thirty one. Yeah. Here, uh, just over two hundred yards in yeah. passing. But I mean, when it comes to those key moments and like you know we saw an opportunity where okay maybe the titans could like come back into this game and and it, it just too much pressure you know and, yeah. and when, when when you're in that quarterback position you got to be able to think fast in those in those key scenarios and nothing against the guy but i, I just think cuz it's his lack of experience yeah. you know what i mean yeah for sure Kyle what do you think yeah yeah i think if i if i look at look at Tannehill and look at like you mentioned about them uh, them not being able to kind of be able to use the run games to run to run as much clock in this game. I did think they did that fine in the first half. Yeah. I just thought right near the end of the first half, it kind of switched. And you saw Kansas City get the, get the two touchdowns in a row, and they really moved down the field and scored very quickly on the uh, on the, the last touchdown uh, right before the break. Uh, that, that touchdown, I think it was like a minute, a minute 40 was the length of that drive, which is just too quick if you're a team uh, like Tennessee who's trying to, trying to control the clock and, um, yeah, I, I think too in the second half. I think when you move into the second half, I think the tennis. The big thing about those long drives as well is it allows that Tennessee defense to rest. Yeah, uh, and it allows that defense to be fully charged when they get back out on the field. And they came out and they had they played that that great first series um, 
against against Kansas City. That was really that first series of the third quarter. That that could have ended the game right there. Kansas City goes down and punches it in to go up 28-17. It's probably over. Um, but in the end, you end up giving them the ball right back off a punt uh, after, a, after a quick drive for Tennessee. The defense never really gets a gets a chance to rest, and they got to go right back out on the field. And from that point on, I didn't think the Kansas City defense, or the, the Tennessee defense, rather, ever looked the same. I thought they just looked really tired. Um, and once against a tired defense, you saw Mahomes start to pick them apart. So yeah. I think to me that was that the big thing I took away too is you know that those long drives were not only helping Tennessee run some clock and limit possessions, they were really allowing their defense to be playing at an optimal at an optimal pace. And if you were ever going to need it, it's against a team like this that has the best weapons in the NFL. Uh, you know, possibly the best quarterback in the NFL, but certainly the yes. best arsenal arsenal of weapons um, with a top five wide receiver in the NFL and a top and the arguably the best tight end. Um, yeah. You just saw what it's what happens when your entire defense played against them. Yeah, for sure. So going off that arguably the best tight end idea, we saw in the NFC the San Francisco 49ers take a big win over in a game that I thought I thought it was going to be a lot closer than this and then like you see you see the 49ers jump up so early and I'm like, man, like, is Aaron Rodgers just going to go down like this? Like, is this how the season ends? And a lot of, a lot of uh, names being thrown around most common name being thrown around about this Packers team who went 13 and three on the season. They looked all right against Seattle. They come into San Fran and for lack of a be- lack of a better word, that was domination by the 49ers. Uh, obviously, some late scores in the fourth quarter, but nothing. No, there was never a point in the game where I'm like, "Oh yeah, like Green Bay's coming back," you know. Like, I think there was one time where commentators were like, "And this is the spark they need." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, I think we're I think we're done here." Um. But going back to the idea, like there's a word that is being thrown around a lot, a lot about this 13-3 team, frauds. Are the Green Bay Packers frauds? They tricked us into this 13-3 team, and it's like, oh boy, like you're you're just gonna go down like this to another 13-3 team? Like, I don't know. What do you think, uh, Kyle? Kyle, we'll throw it to you first. Are the Green Bay Packers frauds? Yeah, I guess it depends. It depends what you kind of define. I, 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 uh, I, I have not been that high on Green Bay all season. No, I had had them as the the ninth best team in the NFL. Um, at the beginning of this week, that's yeah. where I had them ranked as far as roster and and where they would be like if you were just putting together uh, a game on the field. So, uh, to me, yeah, this Green Bay team, you know, they've they had this thirteen and three record. Thirteen and three records don't. Don't happen by accident. You no, know, you have a fantastic season. Yeah, hundred percent. A lot to celebrate there, and you, you know, you, you got to the finals of your of your conference, uh, which is as far as I think you could have really expected. Um, you know, you can be expected to go when you're the number two seed in the, in a conference. So, uh, to me, I, I just don't think Green Bay was ever ever a team in the same class as Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco have been this year. I would even put you know New Orleans. Obviously, had a real tough go there in the wild card round. But I would say New Orleans was on the verge of that that echelon of teams. You know, if if in my opinion, if, if New Orleans is playing in that game, it's a different result. 
Uh, I firmly kind of believe that. I think New Orleans could have given San Francisco a much better run yeah. uh, in that type of game. But I think that's the only team that I would have really feared them having to play in the uh, in the NFC Championship game that I think could have beaten them. Uh, that Sam beat San Francisco. That is so. I don't know. Like I, I, I guess people are quick to quick to call them a fraud. Um, you know, could they? You know, I thought they were an eleven win, ten win type football team. That yeah. Won a couple extra games, got to thirteen and three, made it to the NFC title game. But yeah, I never thought they were in that echelon of of the the kind of the four teams up at the top of the of the conference. Yeah, and or, I think the league rather. In my head, I had the idea of like, oh, like this is just the Aaron Rodgers effect. Like Aaron Rodgers carrying this team. Like obviously he's got great receivers and like Devonte Adams and like Aaron Jones looked all right throughout the playoffs here. Um, Another another thing I want to point out here, we've always we've been talking a lot about how like these Tennessee stats, it's just like you've seen like Derrick Henry, it's like 38, 38 attempts on two hundred twenty yards. But then you see this uh, this 49ers game, and Jimmy Garoppolo only throws the ball eight times, six completions, seventy seven yards. He didn't even throw a pass T D. And then Raheem Mostert. Sorry, yes, Raheem Mostert, sorry. On 29, 29 attempts, he goes off for like 220. It just felt like if you blocked out the names and the team, I think we all would have guessed, that, oh, this is totally a Tennessee Titans Tennessee Titans stat spread, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, so um, going off of the, the whole fraud thing, Mac, are the Green Bay Packers, did they, did they rob us this year? Honestly, you know, it's... It's it's, I always find like the Packers just kind of get lost in the wind sometimes yeah. in seasons, and I think this is another one of those seasons where you know people weren't really talking about them. Like, no. you know, you look at their division, like okay, yeah, the Vikings, pretty good football team, like they can come up clutch, but just an inconsistent football team, I would say, right? And then I mean, what you got the Lions and the Bears in that division, right? Yeah. So it's it's not a it's not a terror it's not a really challenging division for them. So like for them to be up top there, and I mean they've always been at that consistent, you know, elite level. Yeah. And I think that's very much because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I checked my Twitter feed this morning, and like everyone's like everyone says, oh, Aaron Rodgers is not the goat. Like all this crap, yeah. just bashing the guy. I don't think we were ever saying Aaron Rodgers was the goat either. Well, I think there's some people out there that will make an argument. Maybe for these it. Packers fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe that is them, right? Yeah. But uh, but no, like you know, I you can't you can't harp on Aaron Rodgers so much. Like I think like I think he did have a bit of a slow start. Yeah. Um, and like then he got going, but at the end of the day, like I'm sorry, but did the Packers like defense forget they were in a football game? Yeah. Like. You you San Francisco like right off the bat start running the ball yeah and then you don't stop and then then like Green Bay just didn't have anything to counter that you know what I mean and and I think that's the frustrating part is like if if the Packers defense could have like made a couple plays for Aaron Rodgers in his offense then I think you would have had a tighter football game um, but definitely I'd say the whole Packers team just like fell asleep right at the start. Um, or the other way of looking at it is the 49ers are just a well-put-together football team. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's got that – everyone's, like, he's, like, the guy that is part of a group presentation and, and you know, just takes the A-plus but doesn't contribute yeah. anything, right? 
Um, but I again, like if if you had to put the ball in his hands more in that game, I think you still would have had a good outcome. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think a lot of the time too, we've argued, we we've we've discussed over whether whether Jimmy G is legit, kind of. You know, Absolutely. it's like what like is this is is he here to stay? Is this an NFL superstar in the making here? Is this like yeah. the the net up like the next system quarterback like? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think we've had a lot of questions about that, and like obviously, 49ers game plan was very run focused, and like we're gonna hammer the ball at you here. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This game, I expected to be a lot closer. I just thought Aaron Rodgers was gonna. I thought he was gonna pull, yeah. pull something through. Because Kyle, I remember we were talking about like if we were gonna bet on this game, what would our like two game parlay look like? And we, I think we both said the same thing, and we were both like, okay, I'm taking Chiefs' favorite spread, and then the Packers' spread on that underdog, because both games were separated by seven and a half points. That was the, the, that was the line for those. So I expected, like, I expected this, I'm pretty sure on record here, I've said, like, this is going to be decided by a field goal, but San Fran's going to take it. Yeah. Instead, we just saw... San Fran run right over them. Question for both of you, though. Yeah. Would you have had a better game if it was the 49ers and the Seahawks? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I firmly believe so. Kyle, yeah. what do you think? I don't know. I don't know if I think that. I, I'm uh, I'm kind of unsure. I just, I yeah. don't know. I just don't, I just think this team rolled over. They just took it. They didn't want it. They, they looked like they didn't want it. They didn't want it. Yeah, and then it's like, obviously we can say this and be like, oh, you didn't want it. Like, obviously they want to win. That's, like, yeah. foolish of me to be like, oh, like, they actually didn't care. But, like, I don't know. I think the Seahawks team was so good at keeping games close this season. The one time the Packers and the 49ers did meet, I think it was 37-8 final yeah. in favor of San Fran. So I'm with the mindset here. It's like San Fran not only dropped a game to the Seahawks, but they were given fits by the Seahawks throughout the two matchups they had, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we saw the Packers have a close game with the Seahawks. I just think the Seahawks, in their DNA this season, was just like, yeah, we're going to have every game really close. Then Russell Wilson's going to bail us out in the second half here, yeah. right? So I I would say that there, there would have been a better game in the cards, but... Man, this it was just a weird. It was a weird game. Yeah, yeah. And like we always talk about how it's like, oh, one game's always a blow. Like Kyle, you've talked about how, oh, one game's gonna be a blowout. One yep. game's gonna be really close. And I think most people expected this 49ers game to be the close one. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I thought it'd be like a high-scoring game, back and forth, Garoppolo, Rogers. Yeah. Going end-to-end passes yeah. for TDs, but really it was like. I mean, when it started, it was just. Couple, a lot of punts, eh, Kyle, in the first quarter there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for me the battle in my head was going to be like, oh, like this San Fran defense is going to like be taking it to Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing haymakers right back. And we just didn't see that, especially in the first half. No. So, yeah. No, he, was, he was completely neutralized. I think yeah. they did a really good job of keeping the pocket very tight. Mm-hmm. I felt like he never had an opportunity to escape outside and and Rodgers is sneaky dangerous when he's able to use his legs. He's always been, been a little bit of an underrated athlete. Yeah. 
it just seemed like he was so contained and so so neutralized by that that defensive front. But it's a it's a heck of a, a defensive front they've got um, down there in San Francisco. You've got the two former Oregon Ducks in in Buckner, um, Buckner and Armstead, who are both first rounders, and then you've got two top three selections in Bosa and Solomon Thomas, and and Bosa was again an absolute beast in this yes. game. So they've they've got a fantastic roster and. Um, in the end, I think these these two games gave us the best result we could ask for for, for two weeks from now. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I think this is going to be the most exciting matchup. I don't think I, I wouldn't say that I fully expected this. I did have like some belief. I was like, you know what? I actually think the Packers could take this. Mm-hmm. But I would say ultimately, I was very surprised by the outcome of this Packers forty ers score. So yeah, yeah. Um, before we move right on to Super Bowl. A little Super Bowl preview here. We will have another episode coming up at least sometime in between now and then to have our final thoughts on what that game's going to look like. But we're going to go with our weekly winners and losers. So, uh, Kyle, we'll start with you. So, Mac, when we say the winners and losers thing, it is basically it is as broad as it is. It's like who won championship weekend. So, Kyle, we're going to go to you. And it can be okay. anything, like a tweet. Okay. Yeah. So, I get, I get, um, are we doing winners first? Yeah, let's go winners. Let's let's Perfect. let's stay positive here. My winners? My winner of uh, AFC-NFC Championship weekend, tight ends. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going with tight ends. I thought both Kittle and uh, Kelsey probably secured themselves uh, lucrative contracts for endorsements next year. Uh, yeah. With the way that they, they were out there. Both are just unbelievably charismatic, and you know, uh, I know Mac and I were talking about it. It seems like you got to be just a little bit weird and a little bit different to yeah. be a successful tight end in the NFL. Yeah, and both of them lived up to that. Um, and I, I love both of them up on the stage, accepting the trophies. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Kelsey just kind of grabbed the mic and started singing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kittle ended up taking taking the trophy around the stadium. So I would say tight ends uh, in general won the award. I, I the uh, Fisker from um, Tennessee also had an amazing grab. I know yeah. it, was, it was kind of in garbage time, but he made an amazing catch as well. Uh, kid out of Harvard who's had a fantastic, really come onto the scene in these playoffs and have had a fantastic playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I don't think so, I thought I thought Jimmy Graham even for how tough that was for Green Bay. I thought he actually played all right. He was one of the like the few. I wouldn't say he's a bright spot, but a brighter spot. So. Yeah, he had four catches for yeah. 59 yards. 59, and then he almost had that touchdown, but um, I think he was just shy of the goal line. Yeah, so. before before Adam, before Devontae Adams beat Sherman over the top for that the 65-yard play, yeah. I think Jimmy Graham was the leading receiver for this team. Yeah. But in ge- more mostly leaning towards Kelsey and Kittle. I yeah, obviously. They both did so much for their brands, and they're both such fun and energetic players and help their team win huge games as well. So yeah. I, would, I would say the tight end position. Yeah, 100%. I, I, like, I like that. This is the first time we've heard a, a position be thrown out there. But, uh, Mac, who won championship weekend? Um, I, I, well, I do I do agree with, with Kyle. Yeah. And, like, even, even with the tight, tight end position, like, one key aspect is just the blocking, like, of, of creating space for those running backs, um, which is where my winner is, uh, Raheem Mozart. Yeah, yeah, Raheem Mozart, yeah. Um, unbelievable performance yeah. from him. And, like, I know there's jokes, like, 
who? Like, who is yeah. this guy, right? Yeah, um, but he's put, he had put together arguably the best, the best running yeah. performance by running back this playoffs. And that's, like, that being said, in, in any sort of correlation with this playoffs being Derrick Henry being arguably one of the biggest storylines, yeah. yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I one, like that. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, one thing I would, Oh, I was just gonna say one thing. I would say about Mo, Mozart is any anybody who plays uh, plays a lot of fantasy football. This was not a new name to them. Okay, he's really he really burst onto the scene in week thirteen mm-hmm. uh, in the, the San Francisco game against uh, Baltimore when they lost that game in the really in the really bad weather. He kind of took it was that game where he kind of took the the reins as their starting running back, uh, and he has been kind of a consistent threat uh, passing and. Mm-hmm. Uh, rushing since then so I, I think a lot of you know I, I know for the broadcast they're always they don't maybe lean into this but for anybody a lot of people who are playing in fantasy football and like season long leagues uh late in the season Mozart was a big part of a lot of teams trying to win championships so uh yeah it was it's been a pretty wild like uh to eight weeks for him yeah yeah for sure and especially like when you saw Coleman you know, go down in the game. That was uh, unfortunate. I'm not sure what his status is and stuff, but, uh, you know, you knew somebody was going to have to step up in that position. Um, you know, either most certain. I thought they'd give Matt Brenda a few more reps, but obviously, like, because he was so dominant, I think they just were smart to keep it that way. But um, they, they have some pretty good depth in that running back position, I would say. Yeah. Um, with the 49ers. Yeah, so Coleman... Apparently, there's a good chance he plays in the Super Bowl, but it is a bit of a... I think it's a dislocated shoulder. Yes. He hasn't been ruled out of the Super Bowl as of now, but it's still a dislocated shoulder. So, we could see him sidelined. Don't be super surprised to see him sidelined. Um, when the guy can't walk off the field, yeah, he's in a lot of pain. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so for my winner... I think this is a bit of uh, this is a bit of a hot take here, but as much as as much as it might throw you off at the start, I'm gonna go with Ryan Tannehill just based off of a bit of a storyline aspect here. So in this game, we saw Derrick Henry be like neutralized to the extent that Derrick Henry can be neutralized, right? Ryan Tannehill goes out, throws 209 yards, two pass TDs, doesn't throw an interception. He got he he did get sacked a couple times, like runs the ball a, a little bit, but I just think at the end of the day, Ryan Tannehill is going to get a contract and probably a pretty good one. He is such a feel good story, like ending the season. And obviously, things didn't end out the end up the way they did, but let's go back to that Mariota Tannehill switch by Mike Vrabel, man. That is like that is the turning point, I would say, arguably for this Titans team. Obviously, it could be a diff- couple other things. Like, hey, you never know. Maybe it is a, a some motivational speech. Mm-hmm. But I'm on the I'm on the train of Ryan Tannehill being the biggest uh, propeller in pushing them towards this big comeback. And though the season didn't end in a Super Bowl appearance or possibly a victory. They went to an AFC Championship game as a nine and seven team. They squeeze in as a wild card. A lot to be proud of, not only for the Titans but Ryan Tannehill, especially leaving on like something of a good note. 
against this Chiefs team for me is just it, it's kind of a, a a a bittersweet ending for for his season. So yeah, I think that's where I'm coming from there, Mac. We're gonna go to loser of the week here. So I, let's we'll start with you. Oh, you know what? I was I was really I I gotta I gotta call out the Green Bay Packers defense. Yeah. I was really disappointed. I it just like it did not seem like they wanted to be there. No. And like, and then you know what? And that goes right back into the coaching of Green Bay, like their defensive coordinator. Like, you, when things aren't working, you gotta change it up, right? And it just seemed like they were just in the same sort of mindset throughout that whole game, you know. And San Francisco just kept going with the run game against them, right? And they just had no response. And like I said earlier, um, when we first started talking about these, this game, is like, you know, he, Aaron Rodgers needed his D to make a play for him and, and come up with something, right? And uh, they failed to deliver. So, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing, especially, like, you come this far into, you know, playoffs and such, and, and you just don't see – it just didn't seem like – I saw that effort from them. Um, and, you know, maybe they, they, they are missing a lot of pieces in that on that defensive roster, but um, I, I would just say I, I thought I would expect more more out of them there. Right, and I wouldn't say, like, that this, by any means, this 49ers team was, like, they ranked 25th in average points scored per game at 19.4 throughout the regular season here. So, like, obviously this isn't a super high-powered offense that they went up against, and they go out there and drop points on points against this team. So, yeah, definitely a tough one. Yeah, 37 points allowed by that Packers defense. So, yeah, I would say that's a a very bad – I'd say the Packers just left this season on such a bad note. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, Kyle, what do you think? Who's your loser of championship weekend? Sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little off the board here. Okay. Um. And my loser of the uh, of the weekend was Rob Lowe. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the actor. <laughs> yeah. Who was shown in the fan, in the crowd wearing a uh, NFL branded hat. Uh, he looked like part Men in Black, part um, NFL referee. Uh, like part like Roger Goodell's like best friend. Like it, it was a really part official. Yeah. It was a really weird look. Again, you can look it up on Twitter and. Rob Lowe's been poking fun at himself all day on Twitter about it, but and maybe if you can throw it in the show notes too for people. But that's 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 my loser of the week. It was it was the like the kind of most hilarious thing I've ever seen. A guy like at an NFL game wearing an NFL branded hat, yeah, and just looking looking like he was being paid to be there. So, uh, in all in all seriousness, no, I'll pick I'll pick one more. That's uh, but that was just kind of a fun one. Yeah, um, no, I dig my, it. My, yeah, I, I, I did think it was the funniest thing, but but people will have to look it up to, to get it. Um, my other fun, my other my other one was just gonna be uh, was gonna be Matt Lafleur, uh, okay. the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mac already took the team as a whole, but I just I was just disappointed. I feel like he, mm-hmm. he has done a really good job this year. He was in a tough spot taking over, um, and you know having a quarterback that obviously demands to have a lot of control of the room. Yeah. And I thought it's worked really well so far, but I, I just felt like his team was really unprepared unprepared to play and, and that's just disappointing. You know, you have you have a full week to get your guys ready and and then you go into the locker room and you st- at halftime and you still can't come out and figure out how to figure out how to stop the run and at least yeah. slow it down. Like 
you know, if they had come out and then they start stopping the run and then Jimmy G starts picking them apart, throwing the ball down the field, fair, fair play. You know, that, that happens. You're not going to be able to stop it. But to just, to just allow them to throw the ball eight times and to continue to be beat in the same way that you were beat in the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter, yeah. I thought that was pretty disappointing. So those are my two. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna we're gonna stick we're gonna stick with the Packers here. So this, I just think the the Packers being exposed as frauds. This whole narrative, like they didn't even keep this game close. That just reinforced that. Like that's such a terrible way to like leave the season. Like at least make it a close game. So it's like, oh, you know what? Like. I don't think these guys are frauds. Like, this was just a bit of a false narrative, man. We got people yelling out there. Some aggressive uh, dorm folks yelling. Can you hear it, Kyle? Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I can hear it through. Yeah, hey, a little. We just got we just got fans reacting to our hate. Uh, they must be Packers fans. But yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah, absolute fromage heads. So I think just the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me at the end of this the end of this championship weekend is just the Packers being exposed Mm -hmm. and it's just not, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be involved with that organization unless I'm Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is the only guy who can leave that weekend and people still be like, Oh yeah, but he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 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 And like, we'll probably see Aaron Rodgers pull off some great things next season, just as we did this season. Um, he had a couple tough weekends, obviously, but I think I'm just going on the Packers as frauds as my loser of the week. They're criminals. So we got an exciting Super Bowl coming up here in two weeks. We're going to see no Pro Bowl preview, by the way. I'm so sorry, guys. I know everyone loves to watch the Pro Bowl, but hey, man, how I spend my day. Do you? Yeah. No, I, I watch I, Pro Bowl I, highlights every day. Man. I've never watched a Pro Bowl. I can't do All Star games, but that's that. I yeah. like. I'm. That's a, that's a whole, yeah. This is a whole a whole, whole different conversation. You can do a full podcast. We, I could do games. five podcasts yeah, on All Star games. Anyways, <laughs> hey Kyle, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I you don't want to you don't want to hear my take yeah. on um, no. on uh, Pro Bowls or All Star games as a whole. I just I, I'm the same as you. I can't quite do them. Yeah, they're just the worst. I think for like people who actually care about sports, they suck. But then there's like the common fans or like the city it's being hosted in. That's kind of oh, that's kind of cool. But anyways, sorry, so distracted here. We're gonna get right into this Super Bowl preview. So we got Chiefs versus Giants. I believe the odds. I checked earlier today. So Giants. Oh, oh my goodness! I'm thinking San Francisco Giants here. 49ers. Oh, Thank there you. There you go. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. Wow, maybe it's, I think it's uh, it's if you if you don't have the line in front of you, it's, it's one and uh, a half. Yeah, and I think the over under is fifty four. It's oh fifty four. Okay, I, I thought I saw fifty two and a half earlier today. It's it's, it's up now. To oh yeah, 54. yeah. If I were if I were putting money down on this game, I would have hammered that over fifty two and a half. Um, but I was surprised how low the game opened. Honest. I thought it'd be Kansas City minus three. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit reactionary to what San Francisco did. Yeah, in in that evening game, and I, I expect this line to continue to move towards Kansas City. Yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of people were surprised about Kansas City being the favorite as a whole. Kyle, do you want to speak on that a little? 
Yeah, I think Kansas City's three points better. I, I yeah. said it on the, the podcast last week. Um, and I was pretty surprised, honestly, when I was the only one that thought Kansas City was the best team left. Um, or sorry, I thought I thought uh, yeah, was I the only yeah? One I think you were the only one. Left? I think I yeah. said I think I said Forty uh, ers as well. Yeah, I think yeah. Kansas City has three points better than um, than uh, San Francisco coming yeah. into the week, and I didn't really feel a need to change that uh, just because, like, again, like I said, if if they would have come out the second half and the running game would have been completely taken away from them. And and Jimmy would have would have uh, carved him up, throwing the ball to Sanders and yeah. Debo Samuel and to George Kittle. I would have thought, okay, this team this team's truly showing to me that they're they're kind of unstoppable in the same way that uh, Kansas City is. But you know, by no fault of their own, because you're not going to go away from the run game when it's working. They they didn't have to do that, so I saw no real need to make an adjustment. So I expected it to be Kansas City minus three. Yeah. In the end, it opens minus one and. It's not a bad thing to have a Super Bowl that's basically pickup. It's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think this will be a really exciting game seeing like the most NFL's most potent offense go up against arguably the best defense in the league. So, yeah, Mac, what do you think? I I think it's going to come down to a team that uh, makes the most mistakes. You know, yeah, I, I think that's where you know you got you got two very excellent teams. You got two very smart coaches um that that are going to come up with a, a a unique game plan i hope like i think uh i'm really hoping that you're going to see a couple uh little old trick plays and stuff come out of the book um, right. in this game because i i think it's going to have to be you know a game of chess in that sense you yeah know? like you you definitely are going to have to outsmart the other team and like i said like if a team makes a mistake um and that other team's able to capitalize on that mistake, that, that's where it's going to come down to. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm super excited. Um, you know, I, I, I do sometimes try not to get my hopes too far up mm-hmm. because I set this high standards for these kind of games, and then they end up being really disappointing. But, um, no, I think you got two two really good quarterbacks that have something to prove um, in, in different ways and just young, energized teams. with You know, like, it, it's going to be good. I, I'm really excited. and. Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably the least excited for the halftime show with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Not the biggest fan, but yeah, I, you know what? Let's hope the football makes up for that, right? Yeah, I, I'm still reeling over Bring Back Bruno Mars, man. Yeah. That was the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Justin Timberlake. That was hey, Timberlake one. was yeah, good, too. JT, yeah. man. Yeah, JT. Um, two-time Super Bowl champ, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I just love I love that. That's actually real. I think it's hilarious. Like this it is the is. guy's third Super Bowl, technically. Like obviously, yeah. yeah. It's for the first time you'll play an integral role in that. But it's just it's for me. It's just hilarious. And but you, and you know what? And like going off of that too is like, do you see? Like I know he never played. He was on the bench. Yeah. But this guy came from, you know, a dynasty. The dynasty. The dynasty. You're a Pats fan too. Big so. Pats fan. So, yeah. I, you know, I might be biased, but I think a lot of people would agree. Like, the experience he probably got from that locker room, wins and losses in a Super Bowl, Yeah, he's going to take all that into this team right here. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think maybe that's one thing Patrick Mahomes might be lacking a bit is, is that experience in a Super Bowl, right? But you know right. what? I think Patrick Mahomes has a lot to prove too because he's been knocked down a few times as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I think it can go either way. You know, no question. Yeah. I think Pat Mahomes learned a lot from their his loss to 
the Pats in the yeah. AFC Championship yeah. game last year. He's played in a lot of big games in his young career as well. Um, I don't really know who's going to win this game. I, I'm obviously leaning towards, as most people are right now, towards the Chiefs. I just don't know like what this... I think for me, the 49ers' defense is really what's going to be the game-breaker. Like, Can this 49ers' defense contain, or at least try to contain, Pat Mahomes and the Golden State Warriors of the NFL? Mm-hmm. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be interesting. I think their defense has a really good chance to do it. I think I, I do think the game is a toss-up. I do lean towards Kansas City. I think yeah. they're just a little bit a little bit better, and I think that the quarterback play is just a just a little bit a little bit of a higher level. Yeah. Well. But um, yeah. You know, in the end, you know, who who really knows? You got two two really evenly evenly matched up teams as far as skill. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's all you can ask for. Yeah, for sure. So. I want to hear your predicted score, Kyle. Let's hear it. My, my score prediction? Yeah, let's hear a score prediction. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm coming to you next, sure. Max, so you got to think this through. <laughs> I'll take... Um, I'll take for... This will be my projection for this show. If we do another one ahead of the Super Bowl, who knows? This might change. Yeah, it could change. But for, the line always changes, right now, man. I'm taking... Yeah, I'm taking Kansas City 28, San Francisco 24. Okay. 28-24. Hmm. Okay. I, I dig it. I think I think it'll be a bit more low scoring than people think, just purely based on the 49ers defense. And, like, I'm just scared. I could really see this game, like, a couple stops at, in the beginning here, and that Chiefs secondary is nothing to be desired really mm-hmm. like they've they, they they they're okay with teams scoring on them and i just want to see if like this 49ers defense can continue like on this tear kind of like mm-hmm. neutralizing any sort of threat that'll come their way because we just saw them do it to aaron Rodgers. that's a damn good quarterback right so mac mm-hmm. score prediction oh I'm going to go the Chiefs 17. Whoa. Chiefs 17, um, San Francisco 28. Oh. Let's just let that sink in for a second. I'm going to really just throw a curveball. Yeah, I respect it. both of you here. No, no, no. Just to keep it interesting. Yeah, no, I dig it. You know what I, I, mean? I was thinking, like, I'm gonna, I might go off the board and pick San Fran here. I like San Fran. I just think I'm a big Jimmy G fan. So you like, you do I, like I Jimmy, G. Jimmy G. He's your boy in a sense. He is. Yeah. He is. But again, like you said, what is the San Fran D gonna do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Are they gonna frustrate the heck out of Mahomes and, and not give him anything? Right. And I think yeah. that's that's and like it goes back to any saying: defense wins championships. Right? And you're gonna you're gonna take that. But yeah, I uh, I respect Kyle's. Uh, uh, more of a you know closer game prediction, but you know I think through like history historical games and stuff, I think you're going to see a huge uh, lopsided game. Okay, okay, I dig it. I think this is my this is my take on. I think the game is going to look like this. I think the first half, it's going to be pretty boring football. 
And that's kind of rare for like a Chiefs game. But I think the 49ers defense is going to come out with a lot of focus and a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be somewhere between like 10, let's say 7 to 14 nothing. Yeah. At the start of the game here. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's going to end San Fran 24. And I'm going to go Chiefs 21. Wow. Okay. Or 22. 21 or 22. So. I think they're gonna try toss it a two point at some point. Try get some more, some more energy. But I don't know. I think yeah. I think it's gonna be really close. I think the second half is gonna be big Kansas City. Yeah. But I just think, I think this 49ers team is just gonna be able to cling on to the lead that they cement. So, yeah. We gotta remember like the teams that Kansas City did play. Or the Houston Texans, who I don't think anyone was scared of the Texans as a threat moving forward. And then you toss on the Texans, I mean, sorry, the Titans, America's favorite team, no yeah. more. Yeah. And boom. Yeah. No. Now there's a new America's favorite team, and I would say that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So would you would you agree with that, Kyle? America's favorite team right now is the Chiefs? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think that's fair. Yeah. I wanna, not the Dallas Cowboys? Not the Dallas Cowboys, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Good thing we've got Jordan Max Brown in here. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, true. Um, to finish this off here, I, ha- I, didn't, I didn't ask for any prep here, but, Mac, we did mention that you're a Pats fan. Yes. There's a, our, the biggest offseason storyline is coming from New England right now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, if you haven't read Mars Hill issue number six, Myself and Nathan Ray wrote down our opinions on what's going to happen with this whole Tom Brady situation. So I want to hear it from a Pats fan, because I haven't talked to many Patriots fans about this. So, yeah, like, um, I think I think the least likely thing is him going to another organization. I think I think so from a from a. Patriots fan standpoint, I think we would be very much hurt if we saw Tom Brady in another uniform. Yeah. And I think it would really, I gotta say, I think it, I think it would almost ruin a little bit of the legacy to see a guy, you know, basically the foundation between like him and Robert Kraft and Belichuk, you know, this foundation where he's literally like a walking god over right. in Boston, right? Right. And to see him like throw on a uniform of like the Las Chargers. Vegas Raiders or something. Or Chargers you know uniform. I mean? The Chargers. Like it just it wouldn't it wouldn't just it just doesn't seem right, you know? And like, you know, from his standpoint there, like and I and I know a lot of the talk is like he's not willing to take that hometown discount discount anymore. Right. Which I think is going to be the biggest issue for the Patriots going forward, especially because they can't use a franchise tag on him. But um, I just to me it just doesn't make sense for him to go to another team where he has to basically go in fresh, doesn't totally know the dynamics of that organization, um, brand new team, brand new coaching, like it just. I don't know. He's got it so good in New England, but I think that's you know, and I, and, I, and with this whole uh, Josh McDaniels thing going on too, like it's it's looking like Josh McDaniels is going to stay in New England, 
um, you know, probably as offensive coordinator. But again, we still don't know what Bill Belichick's plans are um, going forward here. As it looks right now, he is going to stay as their coach. But yeah, I think Josh McDaniels plays a huge role in, in, in Brady staying just because of that relationship they have. And, um, you know, I think the big thing for Brady is like, you know, you saw in his Instagram post, like he's got a lot to prove still, mm-hmm. which I believe and I'm excited for just to see what he can do. But um, yeah, does he want to go somewhere else to prove that or is he going to stay in his cozy New England uh, area there where he's just absolutely adored and admired? Yeah. Um, yeah. I It's it's going to like, but like I said, like if he leaves, it's, it's going to be heartbreaking. Like I'm, I'm going to need like therapy or something if he left, honestly, like well, I, it, it would be tough. It'd be really hard to see him go okay. play for another team. All right. So, that spoken like a true diehard right there. Yeah, and like you're I'm, bringing I'm, out the therapy I, I, for this one. I'm getting a little emotional right now, like just thinking about it. But you know, that's just the way she goes. It's, what can you do? Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Once it happens, it happens. But you know, when I but when I listen to comments from former players that played with Brady and stuff, they all just say like, I don't see him going somewhere else, right? Yeah, and, and these are guys that played with Brady, know Brady. Yeah, it's the guys that don't know Tom Brady personally that are saying he's going to go to the Chargers or yeah. he's going to go to the Raiders, right? And I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, what what do you think about this? I feel like I've talked to you briefly about it before. I don't know if we've done it over air, but what do you think? Yeah, I think he stays. I think he stays in New England. Yeah. To be, like to give it uh, bluntly. Um, I just don't think it makes sense. I look at the options that are out there and places he could go, and I just I don't see anything. Obviously, we've heard the Chargers mentioned. Does he pick up and go play for the Chargers? Uh, I don't know. That seems unlikely. His whole life is, is orientated on the East Coast. The, you know, Then people are talking about maybe Tennessee, but I, I don't think Tennessee makes a whole lot of sense now. Yeah. I also don't think that team is in a, a place where it's like, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't. That team doesn't feel like for example, Minnesota two years ago. Minnesota two years ago, that was like, okay, a solid quarterback. Like, this is a Super Bowl team. Right. I, I don't know if I would say the same thing about Tennessee, even though they came within came within 30 minutes of reaching the pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't think that they, that they're that quite of that kind of roster. So um, I think he probably stays or he retires. Um, but I would say, I would say he'll play play one to two more years uh, in New England. Yeah, I think I I think at the end of my blurb on the on the article with Nathan Ray, I literally said he's going to sign a two year contract back in New England with the Patriots. So I I really don't see him going anywhere. If, for me, it's I don't even think going to L.A., going to Tennessee, going to Tampa. I don't even think it's an option for him. I don't I don't think he's actually mulling that over that much. I think that's just some fan, just some fan gossip, you know? It's like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, let's let's stir the pot a little here. It's, oh, he's going to L.A. It's like, no, he's not. Let's be real. So. It's all performance. It is a performance. It's all it is, man. Exactly. It is. Yeah. So, that concludes our NFL segment. Kyle Baker is going to be leaving us now. Any final thoughts, Kyle? Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm um, looking forward to kind of a week off here to, to recharge and then get ready for uh, for one last NFL Sunday before uh, we put it away until 
next September. So it is such a short season that yeah. you really enjoy each week. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, um, we're gonna get right into our Spartans wrap up, which is actually gonna be here with Mac Weens, and we're just gonna talk some Spartans hockey. And then on Wednesday, when we have our special guest come in, we're gonna talk about our whole Spartans wrap-up. So our whole Spartans wrap-up is going to be on Wednesday. But today's is just going to be for hockey. So we'll see you there. So a bit of a different Spartans wrap-up than usual today. So instead of going through all of the sports, uh, Mac wanted to talk about this weekend for the BCIHL, Trinity Western University Spartans hockey team, who dropped their first two games. So they came in to SFU with a 12-0 record and unfortunately dropped both games this weekend. So, Mac, I want to hear your initial thoughts on this. And you got some insider scoop, I hear. Yeah, I mean, uh, being a former uh, player on the team and right. living with uh, a few of the boys, you, you always get the uh, their version of everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, it's it's interesting that uh, you know this is this is a dominant team. Like mm-hmm. there, I think there's no question that they're going to go three straight championships um, in a row, right? But there there always seems to be this time you know of the season, and it's usually around this time where things kind of get goofed up, like on the roster, mm-hmm. and this is usually what happens, like. Uh, and when I mean goofed up, I mean like this this playing around of the lines yeah. um, on the team. Like as soon as you saw that, uh, so they, they, they played their first game on uh, Thursday. Um, that was a 7 p.m. game here here at, uh, at the Langley Event Center. Um, but you, you, you split up Evan Last and Jarrett Fontaine. Yeah, who've been line mates for the last two seasons here. Ooh, and probably, you could argue, have probably the best chemistry, chemistry. in the league. 100%. Even. And when you look at that, it just, to me, just does not make sense at all. And then you look, you know, you look down on the other lines, like everything got switched up. And, and I think that's one thing, like, when it comes to hockey teams, you, you can't be you can't be messing around with with the lines. Like when you got chemistry going, like you're you're on a twelve game like winning streak here, and you and you mess up your top players, you know, from from performing when when you when you switch up the lines like that. So right, I, I think it was and and it was the same thing on on Saturday too. Jared Fontaine and Last both different lines, and yeah. I don't it just doesn't. Make Is that the sense. first weekend that they've done that? Yeah. Okay. And and like to speak like from experience, my my first year um, here at Trinity when I played for the Spartans, it was a similar kind of thing where around January it was let's play with the lines, and that's when we started dropping a couple yeah, losses drop there. Yeah, a couple right? games. Yeah, for sure. Um, and honestly, I just don't think that's the it's that's if you're gonna be doing that, do that back in October. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This is the time of year like you know, this is peak season. Like this is where you got to start playing some playoff hockey and, mm-hmm. and you need your team gelling. So um, definitely some question marks on that. But uh, Saturday's game was super interesting. Um, so Luke Mills got the uh, the uh, nod to start that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he was running onto the ice, his skate broke. His what? skate blade broke. And so... 
they had to look at LaBelle. Yeah, like, LaBelle. Dude, you're starting, right? And he was kind of like... What the heck? What the heck, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, LaBelle starts 0-0 um, zero, zero hockey game with, with LaBelle in, in net there. And then uh, Luke Mills was frantically trying to fix his skates. Yeah. Or get other skates. Mm-hmm. So he gets skates from the Simon Fraser's third goaltender okay. that never dresses. So he borrows his skates because right. he's got the same, same, know, same, same kind of make, size yeah. and yeah, yeah. stuff, right? And then they put uh, so that that'll happen, and then the Luke they Mil- put Millsy back Millsy in, back yeah. in net, which to me again doesn't make sense where that decision process came from. I don't know. Was that Luke Mills like saying, "Hey, put me back in," right? Or was that Barrett Croft saying, "Millsy, go back in there"? Yeah. But again, like. Like, you never know how much power the player has yeah. in this kind of situation. And obviously, him frantically looking for skates, there's, like, a side to this story. It could be, like, oh, well, like, obviously, he really wanted back in. And, he like, did. felt like yeah. him being in is the best yeah. decision to be made regarding a win for the team. Which, in throughout Millsy's last two seasons, you start the game. Yeah. There's no questions asked, Absolutely. right? So Absolutely. Yeah. And I know Mills, he, he probably didn't have the greatest game on Thursday night. And I know no. I know him well that he he wanted to redeem himself there. Yeah. Um but after he got put in that, Simon Fraser got four goals on him, just like that. Yeah. And that's that's the tough the the tough nature of it. But I, I definitely think like <laughs> you're you're wearing brand new skates, like something's gonna be off, you're gonna be uncomfortable, like it's a mental thing too, right? right? Like something doesn't feel right. Um but, you know, the the way this team's built, they came back and uh tied it up with about I think three I think it was three seconds left in, in that in that game that uh Jarrett uh tied it up there. Um, right. But like you outshoot this team I think it was like 62. Do you have the shots in front of you there? Yeah, so this was this was crazy. So you the, the Spartans outshoot this team 62-20, and I have some friends on the team as well, yeah. and they're like, we hit 70. Like, they, yeah. they, they definitely missed recording a bunch of these because it's like they kept hitting that shot ticker like it was nothing yeah. because it, that's how the game went. And, like, the whole idea of, like, sure, this team – this. SFU yeah. team probably didn't exactly deserve this win, but it comes down to a couple things. Obviously, great performance by Andrew Henderson. Yeah. Like, that's a lifetime performance. He's never going to forget that. I hope he gets a nice week off after that. I hope he does it, as well. And, and you know you're getting some tough shots from these yeah. from these guys, too. Right? Yeah, and I hope I hope that coaching, coaching for SFU this week is catered towards, hey, let's not let 62 shots be well, taken. Yeah. Yeah, and that, but that's like the thing. This team's so dominant, you know. It's built as a dominant right. team. Like obviously, they're they're making the jump to U Sport next year, which right. is going to be really really exciting. Like, and tough as well. Like I don't think abs- yeah. oh, it, they they. I mean, they got a long ways to go. There's a lot of work that needs to happen. But yeah. I think like when you look at this season as a whole, um, you know, they need to move up. Like a lot of these guys need the right. challenge, and uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think you, I think you're going to see a lot more excitement on campus with, with this team moving yeah. to U Sport level. 100%, which I'm really hoping for because this yeah. team deserves some real recognition. Absolutely. And I think just the pedigree of being in U Sports, it's got to be at least something to bring out some more people, not even just like, yeah. not even just Spartans yeah. students, but 
no. like commoners around lately yeah. because UBC games, I think those get like relatively busy, and that's just not even like students. Yeah, it's no. it's a it's a mix of everyone. And, so. and being like, I mean, you look at the Vancouver Giants, like you know they they get good crowds yeah. at Lightning events. Like, I, I they, work for the team. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know that, right? Yeah. But like, you know, the demographic is like people around here, like. They don't want to drive all the way to Vancouver for right. next games. They'd exactly. Rather, if they could, if they could get good hockey out here, yeah. And I think the U Sport level hockey, there's it's a lot great to offer. hockey. And the cool thing about it too is like, U Sport grabs a lot of former Western Hockey League players. Yeah, hundred percent. So like guys that you know finish up with the Giants or, or yeah. finish up with the Rockets, they're gonna come probably play U Sport most yeah. of them, right? So you can continue to watch these guys play, and yeah. it, it's really good quality 100%. hockey, especially once you get uh, University of Alberta and University of oh, yeah. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's here. really good this oh, year. Oh yeah. my word, yeah. just so. unbelievable! Yeah, former right? giant Jared Demetra, I think he's leading them in points right now. Is so, he there? Yeah, right? yeah. Wow. So yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's gonna be really good. I, I'm really excited, and uh, you know, it's especially I think just to see kind of history in the making, right? Like yeah. You know, uh, a few years ago, it was like the first championship for the hockey team, you know, bring that to Trinity and then to make that jump to, to U Sport. Like, um, for me, and I know you too, like being here at Trinity, like it's going to be a cool memory to look past back on. It was like, hey, I was yeah. there when this happened yeah, for the 100%. hockey team, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, I would say, I would say this team, I, I, I like what, I like what you had to say about this whole idea of like man like we this spartans team just needs to really allow chemistry to be built among lines and like guys guys got to play with the same guys throughout the season to not only gain chemistry but yeah i think a lot of the time i watch the power play and it like it it switches around so much right and you don't i think you can see that on the ice and I'm not sitting here in a position being like, oh, I know better yeah. than TW's yeah. coaching staff, but I think it's a pretty, a pretty, a pretty common thing to be able to allow players to gain some sort of trust with each other, and like, not only that, but I think it also allows grace on when mistakes are made. It's like you you see the best and the worst of your line mates, and mm-hmm. that's not only a good thing for gaining understanding of how you play on the ice, but even just camaraderie off the ice. Yeah. No. So and this is, this is a tight net group too. Like off yeah, the ice. Like 100%. They're, is, they're all, they're all buddies. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun group of guys too. Like, you know, um, they're, they're, they're hilarious. Like the, I, I love, I love those boys so much. Right. And, right. Um, yeah. You, you want, uh, nothing for the best for these guys, especially going forward. And if, if these guys can get a third championship in a row, I think that's, uh, that's pretty neat, and I, I just hope they, you know, get the credit where they, you know, where credit is due. Because uh, this team has definitely worked hard to to earn that. You know, it's not just handed to you. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyways, thank you so much for joining, and uh, that was that was cool getting a little a little focus on on one one program here for the uh, the yeah, Spartans wrap up. But absolutely, absolutely. a lot a lot to be excited for for the Spartans team in the upcoming year here especially so make sure you guys are supporting those games uh could use a lot more fans and it's kind of my idea is my my mindset behind this is kind of like you like you rep on we rep on our sleeves that like we're churning western university students like we love this place and i think supporting 
our student athletes and supporting our sports as a whole is the one of the most important things we can do uh, not only to improve our school but everything everything involved with this school benefits from uh student athlete success absolutely so, yeah. absolutely and it, and it's like and the it's it's fun too right like you you can you can have some fun whether it's going to the volleyball games the the hockey games or soccer like there's just like these moments you get to live in with you know everybody as one you know like we're we're so separated here like academically right because of of uh you know, faculty, you got your nurses over right. here, business students over here. As any school is. Yeah, yeah, like any school, right? Whereas I think sports is something that can just really bring really unite everyone, everyone together. 100%. And everyone going for a common goal. Like, it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, thank you so much for joining, Mac. Yeah. It was awesome having you on, man. Hopefully thank, another time. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. You, me, you know where I live. So, I do. You know, it's not that Very close to me, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same building, actually. Anyways. Uh, that concludes episode 17 with Cal Baker and the lovely Mac Weens who joined us for today. Lovely. Awesome, man. This yes. is great. A lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you on Wednesday when we have our special guest coming in. You'll enjoy that one for sure. For now, bye-bye.